Hey everyone, and welcome to the 12th installment of the weekly catch up podcast. It is Wednesday, December 18, and I'm your host, Carson Gibbons. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B. Red Colvin. Hey guys, we made it to the 12th episode, and I do not have a wrap for you. Oh man. It's finals week, man. Oh man, you just set the bar so high last week. I though. know, I know. I just thought maybe you'd come with something prepared today yo yo it's the 12th no i'm not sure let's not even go there <laughs> dang um i'm a i'm a speaker not a rapper yeah um and i try to do both we were just talking before we uh hit the record button that jay-z all the music has been you were saying that it was on spotify right yeah yeah it's um, on all streaming platforms now rather yeah, than it just being on title but we have talked about this already. No, no, no. I know. I was saying that I, in reflection, I've actually yeah, been yeah. listening to his hey. stuff on YouTube music. And so, um, watch the throne, all the, you yeah, know, man. empire state of mind, all of these amazing Classics. records. He's got, I was thinking back when you think about how, how much of a big personality he is, like what a, like he is a different type of person. And when I think back to watch the throne in some ways, I'm amazed that those two guys had the humility to put out a dual album like that. Like who else would you at the top of your game commit to doing a project of that magnitude with where you have to share the spotlight and it ends up being so inspirationally groundbreaking. The only ones that I can think of now, they haven't done it yet, but there's whispers of them doing it would be uh, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. No way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's been like rumored since like mid 2000s so oh wow um, they just haven't found this the time to do it yet because they're so busy but i think that they would be capable of putting together an incredible album like that but since they haven't uh, nobody's done it yeah well i just in scrolling back through all the songs i was just amazed by like all the hits that are on watch the throne and yeah, man, man no otis? church in the wild i remember when otis dropped uh. like that's my least favorite, actually. That's your least favorite? My absolute least favorite on the album. Well, I'm going to let you continue talking about your favorites, but I'm pretty sure Otis made like a world record for some like most expensive music video or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. It was definitely one of the big hit music videos. And it was a, I remember it, they played it on the radio so often, and I would just change it because I really did not enjoy that song. Well, I liked uh, Who Gonna Stop Me Now. Yeah, I liked uh, No Church in the Wild is one of the most yeah, beautiful songs with ever. Frank Ocean, man. Yeah. What's a king to a god? What's a god to a non-believer? Who don't believe in anything. anything. Tears on the mausoleum floor. Hey. We're probably going to oh, get I... copyright infringement now. <laughs> They're going to be like, hey, a weekly catch-up podcast, episode well, 12. I'm just thinking of all the hate mail we'll get for how cringy that was, but. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. You you think in legal terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, my entire life revolves around get that contract signed, son. You yeah, know, I feel you. It's the life of a, a sales leader, but it's a good life. So yeah. um, let's talk holiday plans. So we're at All episode right. 12. This is exciting. I knew that we would get here before year's end. But what are we... First of all, what are your holiday plans? Where are you going? All right. So tomorrow I finish up at the school. Today was last day of finals. Tomorrow I have to finalize grades. And then I'm heading straight out to Austin to see my mom and stepdad for a couple days. And uh, then I'll be back Saturday night. Um, and then I'll just be with, you know, my family on Christmas Day. I'm going to see my girlfriend Courtney's family uh, a couple days afterward. 
and just kind of hang out and be able to rest and uh, just enjoy my free time. How about you? Um, so I think I shared a little bit on episode 11 about uh, how a couple of us have gotten together and hatched like a big family reunion, like big yeah. extended family Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely bum because Ellen is hosting for her family as well, like extended family because her parents are out of towners now, now that they moved down to Georgetown. Um, she doesn't get to really mix it up with us at all, which mm. kind of sucks, but we have 32, 35 people coming on Christmas day to my parents' house. I believe my sister flies in from the, the Virginia DC area on the 20th. Shout out. She texted me that, um, she was like, I'm coming to Checker's birthday with all of y'all. Oh, nice. Are you able to go to that? I'm not. I, uh, I bought Courtney concert tickets and it's the same night. Oh, you're going to Billy Bob's, right? Yes, sir. Nice. I've only been, I think, once or twice. That place is huge. Yeah. The, I mean, the biggest honky-tonk in the world, baby. Anyway, so. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That just triggered a mirror. I was watching Fighter and the Kid podcast, uh -huh. and um, they had Andrew Santino. Are you familiar with yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was doing, <laughs> he was doing Texas Santino when he was talking to Chin, the oh, okay. Asian producer of the show. And he's like, come over here, Chin. I got something for you, Chin. <laughs> like that he Brendan Schaub and uh Andrew Schultz just did an episode oh, of really? that. And it's it is so rawful laughing like the entire time. Love it's it. incredible. So anyway, my sister will be in town. So we're gonna run and go do stuff. Uh, I work part of the season. I think I work Monday and Friday of okay. next week, but Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and day after. Um, going to be just doing family stuff and then, uh, going to try to play some golf with a couple, couple guys who have taken some time off around the holiday. Uh, now that we're all in working jobs, nine to five, you know, yeah, you gotta, man. man, I got out this weekend. So I was just going through withdrawals because I'm used to playing golf a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start my new job. And so I'm not playing any golf yeah. and I get out there on Saturday and it's just a parking lot and. <laughs> this is the pits i was so mad and i wanted to walk so i just rented one of the pool carts for the round and i asked the guys in the clubhouse i was like is it just really congested out there and they said actually there's a twosome and a foursome going off and then nobody for the rest of the day on the book so just wait around you can go you know in a little while so i go putt and i'm trying to work in the twosome and the foursome go off and then a foursome comes screeching up like right as I'm about to go. And I was like, just play through guys. And because <laughs> so, I didn't really want to pair up with the threesome in front of me. Yeah. So uh, finally, this guy, they, they play through. This guy is walking as well. And he comes up and I'm like, do you want to join me? And he's like, I do. And I said, OK, <laughs> one caveat, man. I'm going to continue listening to this podcast on my AirPods <laughs> while we play. And he yeah. was like. How do you focus, man? He was like this country guy. <laughs> Bottom line, I felt like kind of a jerk, but I'm having to ration time like very preciously. You know, I was yeah. talking to my mom about it. I didn't watch the Cowboys game this weekend. Well, what a great one to have watched. Yeah, I mean, contextually, great. You know, we're seven and seven now. Um, you know, next week is really or sorry, this weekend is really the Eagles. That decides everything, right? Yeah. We're going for basically the division. It's win right. or lose, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. I yeah. believe so. 
they've been talking about this matchup like all season. Like they knew it was going to come down to this test. I don't think anybody knew the NFC East was going to be this poor. Yeah, man, and we're missing uh, a few of our key players, so that'll be interesting. I was really happy with our uh, new kicker, Kai Forbath. Um, what a name. Yeah. Um, so, Cobra Kai, baby. Well, he, I, he made like three forty yarders or something like that. It was the President's Cup this weekend, which was the real sporting event in my household. And because it was being played in Melbourne, Australia, they would start airing it at you know, three, four, five PM here in the States. Yeah. And it would be the next day in Australia. And I was very intent on Sunday to watch all of the singles matches for the President's Cup prior to getting onto social media, going out for breakfast, doing anything like that, because I literally didn't know if the USA was going to mount the amazing comeback that they ended up mounting. Shout out Tiger Woods, Team USA, Matt Kuchar hit the clinching putt. I know that you don't care about any of this. But... <laughs> nah, man. This is riveting. <laughs> Take over. <laughs> I'm just like, PGA, everybody. Yeah, birdies. Roll them good. <laughs> Eagles and... Hey, you know more than you're letting on. Yeah, sand pits. <laughs> Bunkers. <laughs> yep, and Tiger Woods. All right, <laughs> we're moving on. So, bottom line, I watched six hours of that before going out and getting breakfast, doing all this other stuff. And I just hadn't, I didn't know when the Cowboys were playing. Um, I ended up DVRing it and just fast forwarded to like the fourth quarter, honestly, mm-hmm. because I really didn't think that we were going to win. And it's yeah, just hard to get so emotionally did. invested in one side winning. Like the thing about golf is that <sighs> it's just better. <laughs> all right, I'll take your word for it. It's a weird I, I say that it's weird to like watching PGA Tour online or on TV or whatever. But at the same time, I was on YouTube this week and Tiger's pregame range session before the Sunday round at the President's Cup already had 100,000 views. So I'm like, if people are watching one specific range round, you know, I'm not right, crazy. Right. No, no, not at all. All right. So. Holiday plans are discussed. <laughs> when are we recording? Is it going to be episode 13 or is it season, or is it season two, two, episode one? Well, here's the, th- are we recording? I feel like season two should begin in the new year. Yeah, I, I don't, dude, we didn't even mean to set it up this way, but it just seems like it makes a lot of sense to go on like kind of a, basically a quarterly system, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We shouldn't have put seasons on this at all. That was my bad. <laughs> Behind the scenes, folks. I remember whenever uh, whenever we went to episode 10, I told Brad, I was like, should I have been doing these like 001, <laughs> yeah, 002? Man, we're going to hit the hundreds. I don't know. I don't know if that messes up the RSS feed or, or what. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> Why are you I'm, not I'm, contributing to this I'm conversation like, today? Listen, man, uh, I took the reins last episode. You give me these false premises that you're just going to guide the show and be... The, the non-disgraced Matt Lauer to my <laughs> whoever. Um, yeah, like I said, it was a busy, busy week for me. So, I, like, you just talking, um, <laughs> I'm going to crack jokes at you. <laughs> That's not how your contract works with me. <laughs> All right. The, the uh, <laughs> impeachment <laughs> sessions. Do you know anything about this? I, I was watching it live today while oh, I was dude. grading. That's right. What happened today? They, they voted, right? That's, well, I think they're still in the process. It, it might oh, end. Oh, snap. Will you look that up? Because yeah. 
I actually, I listened to 30 seconds of radio on my commute, and they were talking about how at the same time that the House could be voting to officially impeach, Trump is hitting the uh, rally stage in, I think it's Pennsylvania, no, Michigan. I think it's like Pennsylvania or Michigan, something like that. And tomato, tomato. Just what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Yo, PA can be rough. <laughs> Shout out to my buddy, Mike Hutton. He actually just moved from Manhattan. Um, I actually saw him when I was in Manhattan on my way to Europe uh, earlier this fall. He hosted me. He and his girlfriend, Andrea, hosted me. They just moved to Philly like last week, actually. Hmm. Wow. Just zero cares given by (laughs) B-Rex. No shade, but your state sucks. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. I mean, I love Hutton to death, but. Um, you know, I don't think he ever loved Manhattan. You know, I'm enthralled with the idea of Manhattan at every turn, but I remember going up there whenever I went up there, I'd been playing golf probably three times a week and I walk into his apartment. It's on the Upper East Side and he's got a set of golf clubs just laying there. And I'm like, have you gotten to play at all since you've been up here? And he's like, dude, once we had to rent a car, we had to go to this obscure bureau, borough, wait like pay a thousand dollars or whatever. And it was funny because he'd actually gone back home and visited his family in Maryland. And when he did, he said he played golf like five or eight times in the two weeks he was home. And that's the one thing about New York that I couldn't deal with. That's why I always like California golf is great. So if you had to choose between like SF and New York, you definitely go SF for golf, but All right. Where's a commercial break when you need it? <laughs> Did you look up? Yeah, no, the vote, uh, it's still, it hasn't, they haven't concluded yet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's how you relay that. You're like, uh, <laughs> what's up? Well, I mean, it's not like he'll probably get impeached, but he's not going to be removed from office, right? No, he's going to get reelected. <laughs> yeah. So unless Pete Buttigieg, all right, here's my theory. Buttigieg is, he is the greatest politician on the Democratic side since Obama. I think that the same way Obama was kind of an obscure junior senator who'd written a book, was a profound orator, you know, had a really unique, you know, amazing home life and all of this stuff going for him. I think in that same way, Pete Buttigieg is going to harness that same momentum And if and when he starts winning states, if he goes in and he wins Iowa and then he wins New Hampshire, if he gets any of the black vote in South Carolina, he's going to be the Democratic nominee. Okay, I respect that. I do have some news today regarding politics because I forgot I read this on Twitter earlier. It's a must heard. It's today's must heard on the weekly catch up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We should have video for you right now. (laughs) Well, we don't have the budget. Maybe in 2020. Um, Okay. Did you hear anything about Andrew Yang today? No. I haven't heard anything from the outside world. He has a celebrity supporter. Who? And a campaign event has been announced. Who? None other than Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. (laughs) Wow, that'll move the needle. (laughs) Uh, It will. See, he'll make an that'll make an impact. Yeah, it will. Um, I guess with uh, I mean, does Childish Gambino have any black fans? 
Uh, he made This Is America. Of course he does. Right. I mean, I just know that we're all into him. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? No. Yeah. With I the, know with he the, This Is America. Yeah, I'm just trying West. to understand, like, what credibility he lends. I will tell you, like, within the Twitter sphere, a lot Who of cares the... about credibility? Well, I'm just wondering, like, what platform... I guess Childish Gambino is lending a large platform to Andrew Yang. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, endorsements are just... I don't know. They're they're such a, it's like a, it's like a throwaway piece of content. You know, like yeah, when people start like... endorsing each other, it just starts to rack up, and then it's like, well, this was the first person to endorse him. This was the first mainstream politician to endorse. Like, there's different lanes where, I remember the fact that Jeff Sessions was the first Senate. Uh, he was the first endorsing senator of Donald Trump's like long before anybody because you know how that goes like everybody falls in line yeah I don't know have you ever watched like an actual like the political campaign where you've watched every single debate you've watched every mm -hmm. single vote tally night so you've seen how like with the endorsements one person goes out on a limb a lot of people go way too prematurely like yeah these people on morning CNN that are like I'm Boris I endorse Biden <laughs> I'm like dude he's not even yeah. gonna win a state no. like <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah. Silly. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yang Gang. Are you feeling that? No, I just wanted to say that. I love Andrew Yang. I think yeah, Andrew I, Yang I mean, is a very incredible individual. Uh, he would do a, an incredible job, I'm sure. I feel like a lot of them would, honestly. Yeah. But I would love, I would be way more partial to Andrew Yang, uh, Amy Klobuchar, um, Pete Buttigieg, obviously. Honestly, I would be down with Cory Booker. I hate that he's yeah. never gotten any traction. No love. They've been making so much fun of that on SNL. Yes. Did you watch this last episode? No, I watched the I watched like a couple weekends ago where they were making fun of him, but I oh didn't catch goodness. this weekend. This last weekend was uh, Scarlett Johansson. And mm. um, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I saw where she shouted out like because I guess her fiance is on the show. Colin Yost. Yeah, Colin Yost. Yep. Um, did you hear what she said what in she her said? monologue? She was like, what are they going to do? Fire me or fire my uh, my fiance? What would we do without his paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And really, it was funny because I was talking to my mom about this. I know I'm invoking this a lot. but What's up, she, Jan? She was saying, uh, she was like, how did he get her? And I was like, mom, you know that every girl in the world thinks that he's like stunningly good looking. Yeah. And she was like, no, 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 I don't see that at all. And I was like, really? Like. I do. <laughs> I mean, he's an average looking dude who's really funny. So he's a good looking guy. Don't, yeah, don't he's you not think? ugly. He like, cleans up well. Yeah, he's like a seven, seven and a half. Okay. Well, uh, I said that the big discrepancy was money, though, because she has Marvel money. Yes. She has back end on multiple. She's Avengers got that movies. Black Widow cash. And you know what? She's about to be have her own feature film as Black Widow, so she'll be fine. Are you That'll up, be fine. Are you up on you're so up on like who's playing who and you know the streaming services and media. I fill me in on that world cuz I, I I this is my second week on the job now and I've just been so engrossed with that and also just trying to do other Are you, are you asking me to break down the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe or No, just media in general, you know? <laughs> you oh. could start at the beginning. <laughs> no. Uh. I'm just saying, like, I haven't really caught up on news, impeachment, Twitter. All I've been able to prioritize is one Joe Rogan episode and the President's Cup. Okay. At, like, in my first two weeks on the new job. Um, 
Okay, as far as media, I think the biggest thing that happened over the weekend was P. Diddy's 50th birthday party in which every, like so many celebrities were there. Uh, Jay-Z and Kanye were reunited. You know, they've been beefing lately. Uh, we did talk about their joint album, but they haven't like really been friends lately. Um, Mainly because then, of Kanye, maybe? His yeah, all of his antics, you know, that we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, plus, like, Jay-Z and Beyonce didn't show up to his wedding and, like, I think they, I, I think they had a valid excuse, but that was years ago, and I don't remember. Um, but anyway, they dapped it up, and they were friends, uh, or you know, at least appeared to be. Um, there was one funny clip of Jay Z. Uh, they, I guess, were on a dance floor, and Beyonce, you know, was dancing and everything. And there was just this random dude filming on his camera. And Jay Z, you see somebody else is filming um, from their point of view, and Jay Z just snatches the camera from him. And like gives them a mean look and then hands the phone back, like as if he shouldn't be just there recording them. So I thought that was really interesting. This is like the the second time in two weeks that celebrity, you know, because we talked about uh, uh, Brother Nature. I told you about that kid. Um, yeah, you told who, me who he was. Yeah, yeah. And so, pe- you know, he was upset that people were recording him. And then, you know, Jay-Z this past weekend was upset. And so um, well, I've heard Jay-Z is notorious that even in. You could be in a closed group party with him or behind a velvet cord and you, you could have come come in with like Naomi Campbell or somebody mm-hmm. and you are not allowed to like flash a cell phone like that nah. under mean, any circumstance. And, I, I, this is not a nice. And I, under, I understand it to some degree, you know, like just be there. You don't need there. You don't need to be stunting like, you know, just showing the world that you are a part of it. Like just enjoy the moment and be with him. Yeah. You could also say to Jay-Z, just don't worry about that. Like you don't have to have produced every single picture that's ever taken of you. Um, I've been guilty of that, of like over manufacturing a social image and um, being too, uh, you know, having to validate everything that's shared about me, for instance. I'm yeah. like, this isn't a peer review network. Like only I publish content about me yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just like it. Don't even comment. <laughs> and that's not the way that life works really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can see both perspectives, but if I'm there for like m- my friend's birthday party, obviously it's not to the extent of P Diddy, but like I don't need a camera in my face the whole time. But Speaking of parties, anyway. um, ah, I saw you at a party you on did. Saturday, and you totally—I love it. I was telling—I uh, was telling Ellen and my parents like Brad always extends invitations to me to go, you know, south or west. Yeah, <laughs> just try to get you out of Dallas for a little bit, you know. And uh, you know, I talk a good game and generally have not showed up to a lot of that <laughs> stuff but uh our good buddy alec was having a christmas party yeah, a Feliz him, Navidad party. him and his wife alec and rochelle yeah, shout out alec and rochelle and their beautiful home yeah in mansfield that was a lot of fun it was great they had a uh, if the listeners if you're familiar with the chewy's mexican restaurant they had a fountain catered well I, I mean they at least got the Okay, sorry, sorry. So Keep they going. they got jalapeno, the jalapeno ranch dip that all of you should be familiar with. They had it like in a fountain. So like if you go to places where they have chocolate fountains, it's that, but the jalapeno ranch sauce, which is amazing. That is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know. had a, a they had rented like a margarita machine. Like it was yeah. a whole Mexican production and they had a backdrop. I loved that. That is such an amazing touch for any party is to have a photo backdrop. That is like the branding element of that event, essentially. But yeah, it was really well attended. I walk in an hour late, which was just perfect. Um, 
and Brad sees us and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Gave you me know, no credit for coming. <laughs> yeah, no, I give you all the credit in the world. I was just shocked to see you. Um, but I was so glad that you and Ellen showed up and it was a great time. And, uh, and Rochelle was honestly uh, so hospitable yeah, to me because I, I couldn't quite remember, but I could almost swear that I met her once, probably 11 or 12 years ago, right. literally. And she answered the door and didn't, hey, cars, like big hug, mm-hmm. like just an incredible host and yeah, yeah, yeah. all She's that wonderful. stuff. Um, it was great to see them. It was also great to see our boy Gerald. Gerald. Gerald was uh doing the pump fake like he wasn't listening to us and then he was talking about your rap and I'm like, dude, you're current. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're still listening, man. Shout out his uh you know, last week I had said that he was moving to day shift and um he has started day shift and he's enjoying it. He had the first day jitters, but um he's feeling good about it. So happy for you, man. And he's like, Whoa, what is that, that sunlight? I'm shriveling. <laughs> right. <laughs> first day jitters. It's like isn't it the same? Oh, it's not the same job. He's not transferring departments. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, no, it was awesome to see him. He was giving us some real time feedback on the podcast. Yeah. It was funny. He was kind of busting your chops a little bit. He was just saying that you were funnier. Yeah, he, like, which I don't. He get. made me swell a little bit because he was like, you know, Carson. Just every episode just says one line that just makes me laugh out loud, and I was like. We could just make the show for you, and I would do it. <laughs> like to know That's all the validation you need. Well, just to know that in an isolated third-party tank, someone mm-hmm. is laughing out loud. Yeah. Oh, that's the greatest. Yeah, you're tickled. Plus, we we know a lot of people are laughing because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are, my man. Yeah. So great party. Um, thanks again, Alec and Rochelle. It was so great seeing a lot of our friends, Gerald, Stephen Avila. Um, Courtney Mutchler. Courtney Mutchler was there, and um, she's a girl that we had gone to, <laughs> you know, elementary, middle school, high school with. She's like a little sister to me, and um, she had actually invited my Courtney to like go play games with her, like because they didn't even know each other. But she's like, "Okay, you've had enough time with Brad. Like, come over here and play some games with us." And I thought that was really awesome. That meant a lot. Wait, they met that night? Yeah. Oh, I thought that they knew each other from before. No. Uh, shout out to Courtney as well because I was telling you like. I'd met her once briefly in passing and she was, Hey Carson, like hadn't seen yeah. you in forever. And, um, I was like, didn't you leave and come back or something? And yeah, she went to Loma Linda. Oh, okay. Interesting. California. Um, yeah, everybody was super nice. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Got yeah. points with you. We went to uh Campo. Have you been to Campo Verde? No, uh, we had no. this disagreement. Yeah, yeah. You thought I was talking about Camposanos. Yes. Um, so we went to uh, Campo Verde to meet uh, Chloe and Heston prior to that party. I was like, we're already going to be down there. Let's, you know, get a two for going. And so they say, let's go to uh, Campo Verde. I've never been there. I walk in and it, it was like a different world. It was like some sort of escape house or something because I've never seen a place more decked out for Christmas. It's like, you remember when Buddy the Elf decorates the department store the first night and yes. Faze on Love comes in? He's like, what happened? Yes. It was like that times 20 with like trains going oh, around. Wow. Like it was disorienting. <laughs> it was so, it was like Chris Kringle threw up everywhere. You know, now that you mention all of that, I think I have been there with my parents. You and... had to have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right in your hood. Yeah. Like it's right close to your dad's. Right. Um, And apparently there was one in Fort Worth that a bunch of people had been to. And anyway, yeah, 
So it was a it was a good weekend of travel to the Mansfield area. Yeah, man. Wonderful time. <laughs> this is gonna be our first thirty minute episode. <laughs> You know, I'm just I'm just keeping my eye on the on the vote just in case it happens, and I can I can give it like some breaking news. But do you care about any of that? Like, I, and I'm not saying that. Like, I, I'm asking them. I'm trying to open up a a conversational thread here. Like, do you care about any of that? Do any of your does Courtney care about Trump at all? I mean, does she have an opinion? Does Gerald yeah. have an opinion? Like, yeah, I mean, everybody has formed an opinion. I'm sure. Right, but like, are they tuned in daily? I'm just trying to get a pulse on like. As far as like daily, real I would Americans, say, I would say no. Yeah, because I was really into it when I worked from home, or you know, in between jobs or whatever. But yeah. you know, now that I'm back to work, honestly, I've had a lot less time to really care about the day to day. Like, oh, now this testimony is going down. Right. Blah blah blah. I'm like, let me know what the scoreboard says <laughs> at the end. Yeah. At this time next year, <laughs> otherwise. You know, it's going to be an uphill battle because I was uh, <laughs> was listening to the stock market the other day and they're like, and everything is up. up 28 <laughs> points is this. And I'm like, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. I agree. Um, you know, he's just for, well, I mean, I have better words for it, but I'm not going to say them. But, you know, he's just a jerk. And so, but that's not an impeachable offense or, you know, cause to remove from office. So. Regardless of my opinions about him as a person, unless they have hard evidence that, you know, that, um, he, you know, he was having illegal communication or support from Russia and all that. No, I don't care. Gotcha. I mean, they're not even impeaching him for anything to do with Russia, technically. Right. Um, but I don't I don't really care at this point either. I'm just like... <laughs> I've got I've got real issues going on in life, you know, like yeah, got to meet deadlines and yeah. Yeah, if, I mean if it's not directly affecting your day to day, it's hard to give it your full attention. Oh, for sure. Um on another note, one of the things that I've been I think I referenced this a week ago, uh one of the things that I've been dropping and picking up more of is I've been dropping more and more TV for reading and I got into Outliers technically just this morning. Yeah. And like literally I open, I read all the covers, you know, I read the forwards, the acknowledgements, all this stuff. I dig into the chapter one and by chapter two, I'm like looking at the clock like, man, I got to get in the shower. Like, <laughs> yeah. But the way he starts that book it's with so that good. town of migrants from Italy mm-hmm. that settled in PA and like, I'm like, okay, so tell me more about how we can smoke and drink and like be merry and use lard and all of this stuff, but live to be a hundred and happy and no heart disease. And I I don't know if he is going to circle back to that again in the book, but it seemed like what the building blocks that he was talking about were really more community and like the, the thinking behind things, you know, like the way of life we've talked about Loma Linda before is, you know, obviously as, um, Adventists, cultural Adventists, at least, um, you know, we're taught to not drink uh, a lot of, I'd say a portion of us don't eat meat. Um, you know, you're not supposed to smoke or do drugs. Um, take every seventh day off, take it as your Sabbath, you know, yeah. don't do any work. Be. I think that's the key. Honestly, I think that the Sabbath keeping is one of the reasons why Loma Linda is a blue zone that mixed with a more vegetarian based lifestyle 
you know, abstaining from drinking drugs for the most part, at least. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like a good portion of Adventists drink to a certain extent. If we're being honest, probably behind um, closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Loma Linda is the only domestic blue zone. It's the only blue zone in America where people routinely live to be in their nineties and hundreds. Yeah. And the, didn't That's we get crazy. covered on the daily show or something about that? Uh, what was the yes. last media shout out that we were there psyched was, about? There was one like a month or two ago, honestly, there was, um, cause I had sent it to my friend who is non Adventist, but they were asking about the Adventist. And I was like, well, you've, I mean, you're in the medical field. Maybe you've at least heard of Loma Linda hospital. And they were freaking out about that. Um, cause they had, and, uh, I'm going to try to, that is one area where our faith can be proud of itself is that I think that we have the second largest healthcare system, private healthcare system, second only to the Catholics technically. Yeah. So CNN, uh, on, on right. at the end of November, they posted. I think I tweeted that. A, uh, yeah, about Loma Linda, California. Remember when we made Family Guy? <laughs> yes. I was like, shout out, shout out, man. Childish Gambino had a line about Adventists. Like, Did he? Yeah, on his mixtape Royalty. What does he say? Um, it's been so many years. I don't. I'm gonna butcher the line, so I don't even remember. He just said something about like hanging out with Seven Day Adventists. I think it's just because it rhymed with something else. Uh, all right anyway i'm like you know us <laughs> yeah <laughs> wasn't magic johnson raised adventist yes yes you and told little me richard the um you know that the uh the director of sunday service for kanye was raised adventist yeah and then um the kid from two and a half men turned adventist you know, no way it. oh yeah this was this was like while we were in college what i never like, knew that like 2012 are you sure you didn't turn Jehovah's Witness or something? Positive of Seventh Day Adventism because it was a huge deal for I, us. Wow, is he? Does he remain to this day? I I, I haven't checked in. Have we on, seen him in Angus T. Jones recently? No, man, because he he converted. So he, yo, that dude is so loaded with that show and syndication. Yeah, like, he made a ridiculous. He made. Money. He's probably worth, uh, eight or nine figures. Yeah, like that's insane. Weren't they paying Sheen? Like two million dollars an episode or something, something? heinous like that. Heinous. <laughs> <laughs> and over, we're over here busting our butts <laughs> and recording this content for you for free. For free. <laughs> we do it for Gerald to laugh, though. That's right. We need to like really pick up the pace on this episode, though. Yeah. There's nothing funny or entertaining about yeah. any of this. Sorry, Mrs. Gibbons. I'm not taking the reins on this one. Oh, man. Oh, there. it was just a slow, like, other than the impeachment stuff, which Yeah, but we don't only we just talk about to, news on this show. I know. Yeah, it's just been a slow week. It's been a slow week. Um, <laughs> ask me how I feel about it, something. How do you feel about stuff? How do you feel about... Okay, at times. How do you feel about the fact that, you know, in two weeks from today is another year? That's pretty, and a new decade, man. 2020, because I think about my life in 2010, I was a freshman slash sophomore in college. So much has changed since then. Are you a resolution person? I'm a, you can set those resolutions anytime. Like, you don't need to do that on the January the 1st. I'm that kind of guy. Don't wait until the new year to start. You're 
you're 28, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just turned 30. Like mm. at, you know, with 40 days left in this year that's now transitioning into a new decade. And when when you roll over on the 10s, things change. I'm telling you, it's so weird. We've talked about this on the show. But yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I realize like if I'm going to make any money, I got to do it. Like, you know, in the next 15 years, yeah, man. let's get it going. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, life is is limited, you know, like. I feel like I've lived in such a delusion that I was just immortal, yeah. you know, that I was always so young and I always loved being the young, like the young new guy, like that young new guys, he's going to do it. Like, yeah, I always wanted to be perceived as a rising star. And then I turned 30 and I'm like, I'm getting old. <laughs> and now you got the nine to five. Well, I mean, I'm glad that, about that. Yeah, yeah um, no doubt that you're you know, glad about most it. Most of my but... 20s has been, you know, oriented somewhat around that. But yeah, I mean, you're 30. Like, you're never going to be in your 20s again. It's yeah. never going to be the 20 teens. We're going into the 2020s. Yeah, man. Have you, real talk, like, I'm going to die before 2070. I've been thinking about death a lot lately. Like, it's been on my mind and it's something that terrifies me. Why are you thinking about it? I don't know. It's something that I've always been like afraid of. I think it's like because I've had several family members like kind of just drop out of the blue or at least in my eyes, like I didn't expect them to die when they did. And so that's always like really bugged me. It's like I never had closure with any of those people. Um, you know, I, I've had acquaintances past that, you know, I wasn't close with, but I'm still like, man, like enough people kind of surrounding me have just uh, passed with no warning. Like, it's not like they got this illness and were and was sick for months or years or anything. Like, it's like, they were just gone. And the idea of that terrifies me. Well, I mean, in, in many ways, I, I hope that I dropped dead of a heart attack at 84 unexpectedly. Um, I think that's the best way to go. Something like that. Yeah. But I see your point and, you know, to further that point, for me, it's been seeing those people drop, even not unexpectedly, and looking around and all the infrastructure, the familial infrastructure that I'd always loved and totally taken for granted. Like, all these people are devoted to my success. They want to check in with me every Christmas. You know, am I going to bring, you know, the, the future wife to meet them? Uh, am I going to report back on, like, the brand new job and hey, I, you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, and then they start to pass away and you're like, wait, I'm the new generation. I'm the one that has to take on the mantle. Yeah, that's kind of what and, we we're talking about with like your the thing that you've set up for this Christmas, right? Yeah, well, that to a certain extent, but also to a deeper point almost. Um, it's like their opinion of you no longer matters once they're gone. And yeah. you're like, wow, my life is my own. Like, I'm doing this for me. For you, yeah. I'm seeing out of my own two eyes. And, like, it's a it's a first-player game, you know? Yeah. And that is insane because if from 15 to 25, like, you know, any dating option, I, I saw it through my grandparents' eyes, through my parents' eyes, through my friends' and extended family's eyes. And as those as the amount of people whose eyes you need to see something through as a lens diminish, 
and you're left like, oh, this is my decision. Mm -hmm. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was saying, I just figured out recently that my life is my own. And they were like, well, I mean, you're way ahead of the curve then because <laughs> a lot of us took to, yeah. you know, we were 50 or something, right. you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm ahead of the curve or I, I've always felt drastically behind, honestly. Like yeah. reality had not caught up to me. Like I had not ridden myself of these delusions of grandeur or mm -hmm. immortality or perpetual infrastructure. I grew up with so much strength in all of those bonds that yeah. I was spoiled. And I think sometimes people that come from those types of homes are the ones least likely to set those types of homes up mm -hmm. because I've seen a lot of people that have come from broken homes that have a, a very uh, driving force to go create something that they mold and fashion. And that there's aspects of me of, the, of that that appeal to me, but I've always felt like because I came from a home where I, I Feel like real love is modeled at least between the parents <laughs> and to me sometimes <laughs> um some i don't know if in some ways when you don't have to account for that like it could be any different mm -hmm. if that's almost crippling in other ways hmm. you know yeah i'm not really sure i don't know um so when do you think that you're going to die oh i don't know I, mean, I, I don't really want to leave the death topic honestly because um I just got through with a conversation with the big boss man and he was talking about, he was equating different activities to like minutes. And he's like, that's 500 minutes a month. That's this many years over the span of your life. And it's like, Whoa, like when yeah. you really get down to it and you're like, I've got 50 good ones left. If I'm lucky, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> you could go out that far in your outlook or your iCal, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, hopefully yeah, like I live to my, like I've, I've talked, I've joked about dying. Like it, what did, what did we cap it at? Like 82. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what we settled on for you. Yeah. It was, it was one of those or something, but yeah, man, like I, I just, that, that's something that's just on my mind a lot, especially now because like, it's this odd thing where like, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And like, I don't want that to end. And I'm so selfish with my time that like, I worry about something getting in the way of that. And, Obviously, death would be the biggest culprit of, of ruining everything that's going on. Um, and, you, you know, also, man, this was maybe like a month or two ago. Um, but two of my coworkers had been in a car accident, uh, in car accidents uh, within the same weekend. Our buddy Gerald that we talk about had been in a car accident that same week uh, within days of that. And I just heard about other things. And then I actually witnessed a car accident um, on my way to <laughs> on my way to work within days of that as well. And so that like had really gotten to me. It's like, man, like all these accidents are ha like you really can't control. Like I can control how I drive, but I can't control somebody else on the road. And like somebody's stupidity could just end it all for no reason. And then that gets me thinking on other things that. <laughs> that could cause accidents and I'm just a worrier at heart. Like um, I just have a lot of anxiety about that stuff. And so uh, it just causes me to think on it sometimes. So you're concerned with the overall fragility of life yes. in certain ways. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I see how 
Sometimes I think about that, especially when two loved ones are traveling in vehicles to a common destination and you haven't seen each other in a minute, maybe. And when you think about how busy all of our lives are, how many different places we travel for how many different reasons and activities with different people, it's incredible that we can live to be old people in yeah. a society, even freed from all of the um, natural laws of yeah. aggression, like nobody's getting eaten by animals anymore or anything <laughs> right. like you know, we, we have control over a lot of diseases. Yeah, like it, it's never been better in many ways, right? Right. At the same time, you know, when that crane fell on that apartment in Dallas, yes, you know that the the person that was struck was sitting on the was laying on the couch. Her fiance had just left the couch to go make a sandwich in the kitchen. He turned around. There was a beam, like yeah. through his apartment and his. His fiance had been slaughtered and was who know who knows where. Right. She might have been on a different floor. For those that, you know what? I didn't even tell you this. We actually have a multinational audience now. We're in. Well, That's I think, right. I think it's Puerto Rico, which is technically the U.S. Still, <laughs> for for people that don't know what we're talking about in Dallas, probably within the last season, this was less than a year ago, right? Yes. There was an apartment. I actually had a friend who had just moved out of that apartment complex, but it's one of the stereotypical like big box 500 unit apartments where, you know, if you work in the greater uptown, greater Dallas area, you've had friends that have lived there. You've lived there. It's like a, an institution or whatever. Um, there was a crane that in the severe windstorms of Dallas several months ago, um, or I don't remember when, when this was recently, um, it blew a crane over. It was so severe. And that crane went through the top floor of this apartment complex and struck and killed uh, somebody that was on the third floor. And I've lived on the third floor. And I remember thinking, like, yeah. when you're laying on your couch, you don't account for something coming through your roof like that and killing you. Right. You don't account for the parking garage caving in and people being trapped floors down under a mush of cars. Yep. You know, what I do think about is that pipe on that 18 wheeler in front of me is about to <laughs> come through my off, windshield right. and decapitate. We've me. all seen Final Destination. I, I think about that often. Yeah. That's one of mine. <laughs> so maybe this is just a <laughs> yeah, list yeah. of phobias. No, yeah. Like those logging trucks. Uh, like oh, that. Yeah. no. Yeah. Can't do it. So you're concerned about the fragility of life, but are yeah, you, man, life is are precious. you also concerned with how much of it you've already chewed through? Because I, I feel like I've struggled with that sometimes. Um, not really, because it's all led me to this point. And at, right now, like, I'm very, very content and happy with life. And, like, I know I wouldn't be where I'm at now with all that stuff. So it's not like I regret uh, just kind of wasting, you know, some time around. But, like, kind of from here on out, like, you know, I, I want to eventually start a family. And, like, you know, we, you and I were talking before we started recording, like, uh like waiting on the, on to have kids. And I'm like, my knees are already hurting. Like, like I want to be able to run around and play with my kids. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how long I'll be able to do that, man. I got to at least start staying in shape. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that makes you really uh, have to math out your life, so to yeah. speak, because I know that you're looking at the math. You're like, okay, I'm 28 years old. I'm going on 29, trying to buy a house, trying to start a family at some point. Yeah. And like, I mean, Take whatever age plus 18, and then if you're going to have several, 
Yeah. Just go ahead. Well, and then it's also like, how far into my marriage do I want to have kids? Do I want to have time for just my wife and I? Or so, you know, you have to rule that. I've always been a fan of having some time. Yeah. And me too. So the longer I wait to get married, the longer I get married, the longer it takes for me to have kids. And like, it just, all these years keep adding up and I'm just like, man, like we got to get going. Like life is precious, you know, like we're not here forever. So all the things that I want to experience, I got to really start, uh, you know, set putting things into motion. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see grandchildren, for sure, great-grandchildren, like, you have to get a move on. Like, yeah. it's funny. My parents got married at 23 and 25. And in that circle, back in the 80s, that was old in many ways for a, re- a religiously-based ceremony. You know, they were both Adventist raised, you know, conservative to a certain extent. Um, a lot of friends of theirs had gotten married at 20, 21, yeah. 22. That was not uncommon. And looking back, I'm like, first of all, you were children. Like by the time they were my age, they had a kid or two, you know? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like (laughs) you were my mom or my dad. And I was holding you to the standard of like, you gave me life. You could spank me. You could do whatever (laughs) you want. Like, (laughs) you know, but they were like children, you know? And at the same time, you know, they're late fifties at this point and they're still watching all their friends have grandchildren and you can't help. I, I always wonder like, and they don't articulate an opinion to either my sister or myself one way or the other at all. They have totally butted out of like, to the extent that I'm like, Hey, do you want to insert an opinion here? (laughs) You know, like you guided me for so long and then you're just going to drop me. Like, (laughs) but they mean it out of respect and love, obviously. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I, uh, candid feedback is okay. You know, <laughs> right. like, we can be people. Um, <laughs> not to put them on blast. No shade. But uh, <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with that. <laughs> Just as far as like. Oh, have- I don't know if they're actually. I don't know if they've ever looked at other friends that are of uh, similar ages with like their. And like hey, where all their Here's my grandbaby. And, you know. Yeah. And then like, oh, yeah, well, we wish our machine children could have some too, but they're too focused on their careers or getting set up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so what else about death, like, has you pondering things? Like, I'm have not you, ready, have you man. Have charted there's, out there's... the year? Charted out the year? Well, you're, you're citing incidents where a pipe, you know, takes your head off yeah. or something, you know, present day. I'm talking of, of old age. You can already. Oh, I don't care about whenever I'm old age, like and dying like that. But I still have a yes, full life. Yes, you do. That's not that far away. I'm, I'm telling you, old age is forty years from now for me. I'll be seventy in forty years. Yeah, and that's not even half the life you've already lived now. Like I feel like, se- I am freaking forty percent to completion at this point. <laughs> Are you hearing me? That's that's a big chunk. <laughs> Yeah, man, don't freak me out. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to impress upon you that time is precious. That's what I've been saying. We're on the same page now. <laughs> and listener, you should be scared too. Everybody, take your age, divide it by two, plus it by 50, you're dead. No, I'm, I'm just saying like, Patrick Collison, who is the uh, the CEO of Stripe, he's a, a huge thought leader in the tech space. He has a screensaver on his computer that, like, 
has a countdown clock for his <laughs> remaining years, months, days, minutes, and seconds left on this earth. How does he know? It's a projection based on current health if nothing were to happen outside of the ordinary Perhaps with some risk probability thrown in. Like, those guys are brainiacs. I don't know how they set up their algorithm, but he yeah. has it set up. It's a screensaver. That is mortifying. Yeah. That is more. How many How many fewer episodes of X would you watch if, you, if that screensaver were playing at the top of your TV screen? Yeah, I'd probably, you know, go check out the the sky <laughs> yeah i'm gonna spend my time doing this <laughs> yeah. yeah you know time does move a lot slower i'd probably stop watching the office for the 17th time <laughs> okay yeah seriously it, it's amazing how much slower time goes when you're either not engaged or electronics and all that are turned off yeah like you can get it's like when we go up to my parents house on a saturday or something like and you're just eating and fellowshipping and playing ping pong or whatever. Like yeah. when I don't have screen time like that, I I'm yawning for real. I'm like fulfilled in a different way. Yeah. And I have different, um, I don't know. It's, it's really weird how sometimes you do more, but have more energy as a result. And then other times yeah, you just sure. can let your hair down and like realize my body needed this. My body was tired, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been trying to form better sleeping habits too. So, putting my phone on do not disturb and trying to read or or just listen to a podcast uh, with no electronics or anything um were you watching tv in bed beforehand going? yeah i've uh i've struggled with that um throughout my entire 20s yeah and i'm not i'm not defeating it per se i also will like beat the game in my head if i'm listening to a youtube podcast and i turn the screen over and like just listen to it like mm -hmm. lower volume but i still have now that i have youtube premium it continues to play <laughs> even if i turn it off so wow. i have to like you know get the app yeah. flip it up like you know it has to be a conscious effort you know to really go right. to sleep so last night i'm thinking okay i'm gonna put this to the test <laughs> and i went to bed no nothing no book no youtube no movie no nothing wow and I tossed and turned for hours, son. <laughs> I was like, what is in my mind? This tapestry is terrifying. It was like, it was like, you're not going to meet that quota. You're not going to meet that deadline. You're 40% complete. <laughs> yeah. Now entering 41 percentile. Oh, man. Your life is rapidly ending. Yeah. No, it was terrifying. Like... <laughs> And I'm even doing my meditate. I meditated before work today. I meditated and I read. I didn't even watch one minute of my TV wife, Allison Camerata. Mm. Which, if you get up and watch morning news or something like that, your your morning is so quick. And I don't feel like you really turned your thinking cap on. Yeah. Um, reading really activates me. But I find that when I'm reading something that's captivating me, time will pass almost more fast than a, a TV yeah. show. Like time flies by and i'm like no 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 like a little bit more please <laughs> yeah it's like we need to be reading more words per minute i'm like i'm reading this is this should be hard like why isn't time passing slowly you know yeah, yeah this isn't the sixth like this grade. is good stuff yeah this isn't great expectations <laughs> yeah i just remember so much of your reading is prescribed for you initially that yeah. it's like man alive just <laughs> yeah i actually had i uh, ordered several books for my students um 
for next semester. And I actually allowed them to choose. I mean, it was still from a list of books, but I allowed them to choose what uh, they wanted to read next rather than just picking one. Cause we're definitely not going to get through all the books that I had ordered. Um, so, you know, I gave them a list of all these and I, I allowed them to choose. So they feel like they have uh, at least some control over it. So in the new year, we'll be reading Frankenstein. Ooh. Yeah. Is that Shelley? Yep. What, what's her, what's her name? Mary. Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm. Basic, bro. <laughs> Basic author. Um, so you gave them a multiple choice vote on one of the freebie books. Yep. What were the options? Bless you. Bless me. Thanks. Bless um, you. First sneeze on air. <laughs> I don't think people really care about anything we do. You have to mark these things. Time is fleeting. <laughs> Brad sneezed. <laughs> episode 12 um, and he's gonna die in 44 years no yeah way. fahrenheit 451 catcher in the rye um i don't know there's a whole list of them but they chose frankenstein so that's what i'm doing well, with the throwing a hardy boys or a nancy drew anywhere i mean that's <laughs> some light that's, reading it's a little fourth grade <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i don't know what you would read in 12th grade that would be i was reading like for pleasure i always loved reading biographies yeah, like that was in for a long time. It was sports stars or broadcasting stars or you're going to love this. So I've thought about doing it, but our uh, our freshman English teacher already does it. And he is teaching outliers. Really, really, really. They just took a final on it today. Man, it's so funny. You hear Malcolm Gladwell, you see him and you're like, oh, this book's going to be <laughs> difficult or intense. <laughs> yeah. And man, I love his writing. I told yep. you that the reason that you bought me outliers in the first place is I think I'd referenced uh, his newest uh, talking to strangers, which I also want to pick up. I I need to get this book sharing club um, going, but um, yeah, that one was just the way that he was able to kind of synthesize societal shifts and thinking or perception or hostility or peacemaking and yeah. use like current events to make it. It was such a captivating read. And just based off chapter one of Outliers, I am already hooked. Like I'm going to read it. I'll probably have it done before the next podcast. Hey, nice. <laughs> I just love his stuff. I like that. What are you reading for pleasure right now? For pleasure? Nothing. Um, I'm going to try to find a book over Christmas break that I can just devour. Um, but like I said, I mean, I've been teaching three English classes and so, all the, like I've just been prepping myself because uh, a lot of this stuff I decided to just do this year, so I haven't taught it before. So I had to prep myself and you know make sure that I had everything down pat. So, um, so you were having to pre-read these books? Yeah, man. Because like I hadn't even thought of that. Oh yeah, because I, I don't just read it for the first time whenever they read it for the first time. Treat me as illiterate when it comes to like teaching prep or curriculum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I prep myself, I I get a few chapters ahead at least. um, And then I I come up with, you know, quiz questions, or at least I have a, I find teaching aids online that go with the novels. Um, So like for Macbeth, uh, they would read the selection and I would read it. And then I also read like analysis of each one online because I'm not a huge Shakespeare fan to begin with. And I'm an English teacher. Um, so I had to try to at least make it interesting for them. Uh, so I would read the analysis and they real like, they did not enjoy reading through all of the old English text at all. Macbeth um, sucks. Yeah. But it's just, 
unfortunately, it's one of those that I feel like the kids need to have read before they get to college or at least have had um, some idea of that text so they can help, um, I guess, learn how to decipher what's being said whenever they get to college. Like, they need to have some of those skills. And so I use Macbeth because I at least think that one is fun to talk about. Like, once we break down what actually happens in the text, um, I think that part is interesting. But actually reading it sucks. Still, right? Like, you don't yeah. enjoy it no, no, now, no, no. right? No. Okay. It's like, do you you have to go back and reread certain things because it's like, this is not something that I can just naturally, it flows off the tip of my mind's tongue, you know? Right. Um, th- that's kind of my point is that, why is it a requirement? Because they're going to have to read it in college? Because, because, or... No, because they have like text analysis in college or, uh, you know, I'm not saying every student ever is going to have that, but that's like a common thing, even in even in like freshman comp. I'm not saying every class teaches it, but that's that's a skill that they need to have, because let's say they go into sciences or, or history and, and they're reading, you know, older language as well. Like that's something important. They need to at least learn how to grasp like or at least find uh, context clues within the text i i get it now okay so you're preparing them for certain fields of study for sure and it is imperative that we be able to read narratives from different time periods and try to you know get just because people talk like this now and now as a result write like this so that we can digest it in a easier to swallow format um doesn't mean that some of the teachings or the things that we're still dissecting from millennia past right. shouldn't be inspected. Yep. I got it. Exactly okay. that. Do you, do you actually enjoy any of the books that you guys read? Like, yeah, yeah. You for would sure. read it Dude, for passion. I love, yeah. I mean, I still love to kill a mockingbird and I feel like I get something new from it. Every, each time I read it. Um, I love doing the great Gatsby. Um, Lord of the flies is always really fun. Um, yeah. They're, I mean, I could go on, but yeah, there's several that I enjoy teaching. And then there's unfortunately some that I feel like are necessary to help them grow. I gotcha. So a lot of your, well, you don't have a whole lot of personal time. Like what were we talking about? You have a basketball tournament, like the day after. Yeah. The day after Christmas, uh, we have basketball tournaments on the 26th, 27th and 29th. Um, And then in between that on the 28th, I believe I'm, spending Christmas with my girlfriend's family. Um, so it's just a, yeah, a busy schedule. Trying to find free time to read is not always the easiest, but when do you guys trying. go back to school? I believe on the sixth. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So we nice little break. It is. And then we have another, uh, we have like a winter break, which is really nice. So we have like a week off in January. In January? Yeah, so we actually don't like take MLK off. Like MLK week? Well, so we don't take off uh, like those holidays, like Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Uh, um, all the Mondays. All the, yeah, pretty much all the Mondays. We don't take those off and we bank them. And typically they do it for a ski trip, but not enough kids signed up for the ski trip. So it's like we just get a free week in January because they already had to allot time uh, for the ski trip where we to go. So they already put that into the calendar. Um, but the plans fell through because most of the kids uh, are using their money to go on a mission trip, uh, which is later in the year. Oh, noble. Yeah. And uh, skipping the powder for the, the huts. Yeah. I guess. So I get to go see it to Seattle with Courtney. 
<laughs> so you're not going on the mission trip? Good for you. No, that's not at the same time. Good. F- okay. And, you're like, I'm going on the mission trip too. Well, I don't think I can because that's also during the school year and they already have teachers going. And like, so I need to be back holding it down at the fort. I've, I've never been on a mission trip. I went uh, my senior year in 2009. Um, we went to Costa Rica, helped build a church. I Okay, uh, here's a fun little tidbit. Most of you guys may not know that I started out as a pre-dent major at Southwestern. Wait, what? Yep. Pre, pre-dentistry? Yes, sir. <sighs> it's funny how many people start out bio like their first well, semester. But the reason why, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they're like, <laughs> and I thought, and this is hard. <laughs> they're like, wait, I'm failing general biology. Well, okay, so, uh, so let me just tell the story. So our senior year, went on this mission trip, and... My English teacher's husband uh, came with us on the mission trip, and he was a dentist. And, you know, we were able to sign up for different things. So, like, we could help out with, like, church services or we could help build a church. One of the days I was – or a few of the days I was helping with building the church and, you know, like, putting the bricks and cement and everything together. Um, But one of the (laughs) – what? You know, the stuff that you do when you build a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know – had to throw that in. Like, it wasn't... I w- Tell I, us about the pews, though, Brad. <laughs> just needed them to know that I just wasn't just, like, wood pointing. and make it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little to the left. I'm uh, sorry. This is such a great heartfelt story. Keep no, going. No, it's okay. Tell me more about uh, it. Mrs. Gibbons, you can text them about being a Oh, I'm back, people. Whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, you, the dentistry. You were doing that. You were making the house with the dentist. Any, no, not with the... So another day I decided to go work with the dentist and he, like I was like the helper the whole time I was running, getting tools and stuff. And then about an hour into it, he's like, you want to pull a tooth? And I said, yes. And he handed me the pliers and I yanked a kid's tooth out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like like, is that malpractice? (laughs) It was in Costa Rica, man. No law. This story got way better just now. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I was inspired because I saw him do that. You're like, no, I, I was like, I got to surgery yank, I got to yank as a tooth child. Out of a kid. Um, what the heck? Yeah. And so after that, I was like, dude, dentistry is the way. They make a ton of money. <laughs> and I just, I get to like, yank people's teeth out. Like, and I know I can do that. That doesn't that bother me. Kid's tooth out of his head felt good. Yeah. I was like, the blood. Did he holler? <laughs> did not bother me. No, like, they gave him pain meds and everything. They, num- oh. they numbed him up. Well, the numbing process makes me holler. Yeah? Yeah, when they put a needle in your gum. Oh, that's not that serious. Yeah, well, when you're me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I got the younger tooth. Anyway, fast forward. That was my senior year. So freshman year of college. What? Okay, sorry. I, I had a discrepancy with your timeline, but you're fine. Okay. So freshman year of college. I start out pre-dent. I take general bio. I study my butt off. And I end up with like a C, um, the, you know, at the end of the first semester. And I was like, well, I gave it my all. Wow. <laughs> I was like, it's only going to get harder from here. I'm going to go back to English. And then I crushed it. Boy, thank God for like courses that vet people out of fields <laughs> that they have no business being around. Right. Like, I was like, well, <laughs> not going to yank any teeth. Yeah. You're like. I, I'm great with my hands. Yes, I have pliers. to. Yes, I have to go on another mission trip. 
It's like Strength Finders actually thinks you should be a plumber based on these skills, <laughs> not a dentist. Yep. Catch me in Ecuador 2020. My, uh, my story is a little bit less noble in some ways. Um, I had a, a splinter as a child in my hand uh, that festered or something, and it became very, it was terrible. And I ended up having to go see a, I guess, a plastic surgeon technically, um, but he, was, he specialized in hand surgery. And he told me stories about, you know, people's hands being crushed in car accidents and that they would literally bring a mashed hand in and like a plastic sack type deal and how he would like recreate these things. And so he just did a very quick general outpatient surgery on me where he stuck a needle in my hand, numbed it up, took a scalpel, you know, cut the splinter out of me, stitched me back up and, you know, went about his day and he had his own like standalone practice and all this stuff. And so for probably a good 24 months after that, I was pretty convinced I was going to be a hand surgeon specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So. And how long before those dreams were dashed? Oh, you know, we've talked about my two year stints, you know, I couldn't practice surgery during those two years, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All these crazy laws. It's not Costa Rica. I'm not just handing out pliers to anybody that wants to practice. Not in the land of the lawless. (laughs) So I was like, all right, well, hand surgery didn't work out. I'm going to try to be a pitcher in Major League Baseball. Oh, man. Yeah, that was delusional. I'm telling you, it's been a series of delusional stunts where some level of proficiency has been gathered. Whenever I was in like the second grade, I wanted to be an artist. And I still draw stick figures to this day. Yeah. like, (laughs) Would you get a hat or something that inspired you? Dude, I just love drawing, but I was not good at it. You're like, man, this easel's dope. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would get that when you're a child, like a gift will inspire you. Like you'll Mm. get. You'll get a gift and it'll be like, well, maybe I should be a private detective, you know, like maybe I should. I was enthralled with what I should be as a child. And to me, whatever you were was your everything. So I saw this uh, really talented jazz piano player in a hotel bar lounge one time in a tux. And I thought, maybe I should be that guy. But then I was thinking like, well, I'm not going to own Nike sneakers and that's like, I'll be oh, in the Rat Pack. Like all, it was all in. If I was going to be a cowboy or a rancher, it was like, well, howdy, miss, you know, <laughs> well, let me get my lasso. You know, there was no, of you. yeah, the, it was all one way or the other. And I thought that that was your entire essence. Like the whole, I, I don't know. So, so I, I wrestled with, it was not uncommon for me as a child to have a consent like i wanted to be this person yeah and then i wanted to be that person and i don't know if that's a normal progression for kids but i literally and sometimes i would have to remind myself i'd be like wait who is i trying to be again <laughs> i literally played that as a child wow yeah maybe i'm just totally screwed up no i mean i wasn't completely like that but there were definitely like people that i tried to mirror yeah well for me, I was always just very much an actor. It was mm. monkey see, monkey do. Show me how you do it. Let me put my spin on it, and we'll see if we have something. Yeah. You know? So all these years, you've been putting your spin on it. So who's to say there's not a hand surgeon still inside you? <laughs> that sounds really weird, weekly catch-up podcast. <laughs> Folks, uh, there are no surgeons inside of me. Um, <laughs> uh, are you saying that i could go back to medical school yeah that's what no. i was saying 
No, I'm sorry. Oh, God. We already talked about how I have 40 summers left. <laughs> you think I'm going to spend you can't give eight 30 of, them? of Oh, eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I'd have to go back through undergrad at this point, right? Like, yeah, man. I, I don't have all the uh, pre-med basics done. Mm. Like, that's a specific reason for choosing certain majors is because, like, oh, I don't have to do uh, calculus? Yeah, let me do that one. Yeah. Like, I remember getting through advanced uh, algebra, and that was it. Like, I think that was the last thing I had to do from a math front. Yeah, I took general math twice. Oh, yeah. You really did struggle with that. I remember Dude, that. I Dude, I remember and there was a lot of kids that were struggling in that class. Well, like for me, I could have gotten through it the first time, but I just didn't attempt to learn it. So, like, I didn't even try to do the homework. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that wasn't an option for me. No. I remember I got pulled into Dr. Woolley's office first semester. Uh, I got two C's my first semester, and they said, and my parents were like, you're messing with your funding, you know. Mm. You're, we're going to pull the plug on your sorry rear. Yeah. Because if you don't qualify, the the rule in some ways was that if I could get a grant and or be exceptional enough in a certain area that I could contribute just off my own merit, I should, you yeah. know. And I, I agree with that. Um, I respect that. So the expectation was is that if you can be in honors – and get access to these additional courses and this price break. I, I think that we were awarded some sort of scholarship and it was very menial, right? It was more of a token, but um, you know, they, they sat me down because you have to maintain like a three, six to be in honors right. and C's will straight tank you. Yeah. So I actually never made a C again. Wow. So that's awesome. Graduated three, six, seven Good job, man. by the skin of my teeth. Proud of you. Yeah, I use it every day, son. <laughs> Not at all. That's fine. What did you cut? Can you even can you say? I I I wouldn't mind saying if I knew. It, like that wasn't for me. The honor was just like, and I'm not saying like honors. I just mean like the importance <laughs> of uh, what I did was just like getting through college because yeah. a lot of my family members hadn't done that. Um. And so, yeah, I was never, like, GPA-focused, to be honest. I was just like, okay, well, I need A's and B's in my uh, main courses, and so I did that. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. way it normally is. Yeah, like, and, I, like, I, yeah, the only classes that I ever struggled with in college was math and, and Spanish. Like, and Spanish was a requirement. So I hate Because that. you got a BA? Yeah. Oh, I didn't have to do... I don't think I had no to because do I was in English. Like you have to do that for English. Oh uh, yeah, but, yeah, how counterintuitive! That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like to be an English teacher, you have to speak Spanish or another language. I'm assuming you had your choice. I mean, it makes the, sense, I guess. The only yeah, because like if you teach ESL students um, English second language, like I find some merit in it, but man, I yeah, I loathe those classes and at southwestern they actually made it really difficult like there were tons and tons of online assignments that you had to do i'm like i don't have time for this <laughs> i'm too busy failing math that was such a i went to college like 2007 through 11 and it's very strange like that was around the time where if you go to college now odds are you're going to college online first of all yeah. or just some sort of coding boot camp or self-taught or 
all your assignments at Stanford or Duke or Southwestern or wherever you go are going to be turned on online, online in a portal with an LMS or something mm-hmm. like that. But I still remember printing things out like all yeah. the time, like highlighting books. Like mm-hmm. I feel like if you're, th- if you were born in late 89 and you know, your AOL account came out when you were 10, mm-hmm. there was still enough life in front of that where it's like, you're on a, a borderline, so to speak. Right. You know, it, it's been a lot of, thankfully you were still at an, an impressionable enough age that you could grasp all that stuff and you're right. not like a fish out of water or anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You're not your parents, which even our parents are pretty technologically sad. Like everyone is mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Where does it end? I don't know. Um, another crazy thing about education that I've kind of learned recently is dual credit courses in high school are killing colleges yeah i did a lot of dual credit in high school um but i actually went on the dino dig the dino dig was uh four science credits and that was deliberate too because explain the dino dig oh have i talked about that on this podcast um i don't know but just briefly. oh it was hell <laughs> so <laughs> actually i had a bunch of friends Growing up in the Adventist culture, like, you know, people that are already going to the college of your choice because they were recruiting at your camp or, you know, your parents went to college with their parents or what have you. It's it's a small faith. There's only a million domestically. So you run at Saturday night's party. This guy walks in and Brad goes, hey, Carson, meet this guy. He went to college with your sister. And the guy goes, he knows Meredith or he's Meredith's brother. Was that Stephen Avila? Uh, I don't know. Hispanic dude? Yes. Uh, in the, was that a Pikachu costume? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was, I feel like I yeah, would... he's, he's related to George Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've met him before. Maybe you yeah. might, he's probably come out with me. I don't think I recognized him. No. Um, anyway, um, what was the whole point? Oh, the diner dig. So you could get going to our college. We had a, a legendary professor named Dr. Art Chadwick, Chadwick. who started, um, this program where he led a group of students and adventurers and, you know, archaeologists to the most, it was the least populated County in the least populated state in the United States. It was mm. near Casper, Wyoming. You had to go like two and a half hours to the nearest laundromat, for instance, but there was just a camp out there with like a building and we all pitched tents around it and lived in rural Wyoming <laughs> for a month i would get up i've never heard this i don't think are you serious i feel like i've definitely told this is a great story yeah okay this is how carson gibbons attained his first four collegiate (laughs) science credits and almost killed everybody in the process oh man this is a great story so this had come highly recommended to me by several pre lance johnson uh, i'll never forget getting back to the metroplex calling lance johnson and just cussing him out i'm like <laughs> why'd you send me to this place like you know i'm a city slicker time is fleeting <laughs> yes i'm gonna die in 60 years <laughs> no i was much less concerned about that I was more like kill me now <laughs> Let's like, I'm trying with. to find ways to die. I'm 20. I'm eight. No, I was 18. So <laughs> it had come highly recommended to me. Go on this cool camping excavation dig. Go on this tour. So I did it. And it was going to allow me to enter college with like just a bunch of credits um, from dual credit and whatnot. But the first four science credits, I moved to rural Wyoming for a month. 
I live in a tent that I pitched myself. It's in a field. A mile from that field is a quarry. In the quarry, I spent nine hours a day digging in dirt for dinosaur bones. Yo, is this like the movie Holes? I, dude, it was, yeah. <laughs> digging up those holes, digging. So, I was assigned to a particular hole in the quarry. And I got to sit next to the same people. They were, we were all assigned a hole, basically. And um, we dug dinosaur bones for nine hours a day, six days a week, for a month. And when we weren't doing that, for here was my daily schedule. 6 a.m. I'm, I'm out of bed to the sound of a cowbell that's being just rattled for me from the only building on campus. That was the signal to come make yourself some breakfast. <laughs> After you were done making yourself some breakfast. Hold on, hold on. How was the breakfast? It was great. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. that's why you skipped over it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> so, nutritious breakfast was had. I'll give you that. <laughs> we weren't eating cabbage soup or anything. Okay. We had a great breakfast. After breakfast, <laughs> we prayed and had worship. Okay. So I'm in a great mood. <laughs> All right. <laughs> After that, you're you're filled you're, <laughs> nutritionally and spiritually. Yes. Only to be broken down. There is no coffee. They don't believe in coffee there. Okay? So, <laughs> after Strike that, one. you get to make your own sack lunch. You get to take that sack lunch, and you get to walk it a mile <laughs> to the quarry. Because camp isn't next to the quarry. Why would we do that? There's nobody out here, but let's make it a mile apart. So, you get to walk to the quarry, where you clock in at 8 a.m., you dig and you dig and you dig. And when you find a bone, you are to preserve that bone, properly excavate that bone, dust it. Definitely don't smash that bone in a fit of anger. <laughs> if you have not read the book Holes or watched the movie Holes. I, I've seen the movie it. like once, but um, anyway. So we got a 25 minute lunch where we got to sit in <laughs> said quarry and eat our sack lunch. Mm. If you were lucky, you got to leave the digging premises at 5 p.m. And that was because you were on KP and you got to go make everyone dinner. What does KP mean? Kitchen patrol. All right. All right. So if that was the case, you got to go do that. So we would all convene for dinner at 6 o'clock. That was accompanied with a science lecture about all the dinosaur bones we'd been digging up and how this one was a Mesosaurus Rex and we think that. You know, it, it was all different than like what really happened. You know, yeah. how real scientists were like, well, 48 million years ago, we were like, you know, 200 years ago, yeah. this dinosaur was here. <laughs> no, just point 6,000 years ago, of course. <laughs> young, young earth creationists, essentially, which I find a lot of truth in that. Um, I think both are true in many ways. Um, we can talk about that at a later date. Yeah, man. Uh, you don't want to get into the, this is the length of time of the. Uh, how long Adam and Eve spent in the garden? Oh, dude, I actually do. Let me finish the story because okay. this story is dumb. Um, <laughs> so there was a 90-minute lecture. And then you know what they had you do? You got to go back to your tent and read 100 pages of assigned science textbook, textbook literature by flashlight before rousing and doing it all over again the next day. Yep. So needless to say, your boy lost his mind. 
I climbed a rattlesnake-infested mountain each evening to try to get one cell phone bar to call back home. Mm. We've definitely talked about that. Maybe I talked about it with somebody. I don't remember. But anyway, shout out. Heston and Chloe were on this. This oh, is really? where I formed my relationship with Heston. Wow. Like, I knew Chloe prior to knowing uh, Heston. Heston, tweet out. If you have, like, any other shared memories from this. Don't tweet. invite him to do that because. <laughs> please, please share them. Please don't, Heston. <laughs> like, I got a B in this class for my <laughs> attitude, people. <laughs> Literally. No test. No. Good. I, I dug up so many, so it's many about bones. Time. But because I was walking around the quarry and I was saying stuff like, man, cheap labor they got out here. This is. <laughs> This is indentured servitude. Oh, this that. isn't appropriate. Like I would oh, climb. I, I can't tell you. I would see between four and eight baby rattlesnakes on the mountain form. on my way up to try to climb to get a cell phone bar. Okay. We finally, we did get to go. Um, a couple of the guys, shout out Austin Lunyon. I don't know if you know this guy. I don't. He was my quarry mate. Uh, interesting individual. Love that guy. Um <laughs> He uh, he took a couple you. of us to Deadwood in South Dakota, and that was my first time ever going into a casino was in Deadwood, South Dakota, where Wild Bill Hickok <laughs> roamed the streets. And I'll never forget, um, I walk in and they they didn't know how old we were. And I'm, like, I'm not going to lie in this story because <laughs> I want everyone to know this is my first casino experience. I was 18. You know, I'm not drinking right. at this time. I'm not partying i'm a goody two shoes i walk in and like a, a burlesque girl walks up to me and she's like here's a beer and i was like cool so i i drank the beer. i'm like well that's kind of good and then i put a dollar into a slot machine and it immediately pays me out 55 dollars. and i was like <laughs> i'm like this is great and then the next day i went back to digging in the quarry so Anyway, I got a B in that course after exchanging 100% of my time for a month for four science credits. And, uh, yeah. Didn't learn to close that mouth. Dude, I was so, I was so angry at them. I was like, why did you do this to me? Like, and they wouldn't put the internet up. They wouldn't put the internet up on Sabbath. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I was questioning my faith. I was questioning them. I was, we would, I, I'll never forget a friend that shall remain unnamed had had it one day and found a big old femur. Do I know who this is? You do. We're going to talk about this. We are. This is an off podcast conversation, but said friend, she took said large femur from large prehistoric mammal or dinosaur and hurled it over the side of a cliff in defiance and we were all like yeah anyway that's crazy so how long do you think adam and eve were in the garden dude i mean okay so hear me out we we know god creates the world seven days great he creates man he says it's good man (laughs) man goes around naming i love the new brad version by the way man goes around naming all these animals lion tiger bear right um (laughs) You've told this story before. No, I really haven't. But but I've thought it a lot. And so the idea is like, you know, we get on this podcast and we give a you we give you snippets of our week in our life, but we don't give you the day to day thing. Perhaps the Bible didn't give us the day to day of Adam after he named all these animals. Perhaps they didn't go 
to the tree of knowledge and good and evil and take a bite right after he named, you know, the snow leopard. Um, perhaps they lived in the garden for quite some time before they made the decision to eat of the fruit. Therefore, maybe they could have been there millions of years, but they didn't have any concept of time. And like that didn't mean anything because, you know, there, there was no sin. They had no reason to believe in death or anything like that. So they, they could have been there for a really long time is all I'm saying. Okay. I, I guess I hadn't thought of, I hadn't thought of, we just think of things like happening like right after one another well, when, when in reality they could have been there for a long time. Right. The dual thinking, the dual thought process that I was, I was kind of alluding to earlier was that maybe the earth is billions of years old and humanity as we know it just sprang to life. You know, a lot of um, evangelical Christians will tell you that the earth is somewhere between six and 12,000 years old. Yeah. And that is basically as a result of adding up, there's some texts, I, I forget where, um, I think it's, I don't remember where, anyway, it just basically says how long everybody lives and based yeah. on the descendants and the lineage. And oh, all oh of you're talking stuff, about in the Bible? Yes. Numbers. Numbers. That makes sense. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Where's the book called Answers? <laughs> uh, that's that's the one that Gerald laughs at. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. Shout out Gerald. Um, okay, so <laughs> I and when I talk about this, I I'm not as I think it won't be a shock to our podcast listeners that maybe I'm not maybe I'm not as devout a believer of this particular line as maybe you are. Yeah. Like I believe there has to be an intelligent creator or I think that it could be a variety of things and that I we're all nothing compared to it. Right. Like yeah. I think that I've struggled with many, I've struggled with thinking that if I'd been born in India, I'd be Hindu. If I'd been born in um, Spain, I'd be Catholic. If I was born in Dallas, Texas, I'd be Seventh-day Adventist growing right. up. And that everybody feels as though they've been given the truth. And when you really, when I step back and take a look at it, I got to think like maybe there's elements of truth in a lot of these different things that I mean there's a lot of similarities within exactly every spiritual text and and the Bible in many ways has been backed up as a historically significant artifact and even a, a pretty accurate telling of certain portions of history and like scientists definitely think that there was some sort of global flood a lot of people think that that was from some sort of prehistoric ice age that was melting and that's why some people will tell you that the climate warming and changing and all of this stuff is on a 400 year cycle and that it happens over and over and over again. Other people will tell you that humans, this could be our second or third attempt at this, right? It could be our infinite attempt at this. What if every other world in every other galaxy, there's a replica of you and you're, you're the sin, you're the thought piece for all of those. And like sin and morality and making the right decision is even more impactful than we think because it's governing what's happening everywhere. Yeah. Like even outside of it. Well, I don't know I mean, a lot of Christians think. believe that there's intelligent life outside of Earth too, and that they're all watching us as well. Yeah. And I think the scientists also would say that to a certain extent, mm -hmm. you know, like if, if the universe is infinite and there's infinite galaxies, like 
of course that there's other life out there. You have to think that. Right. Um, but when it comes to things like the Bob Lazar story on Joe Rogan, where we're talking about being able to manipulate gravity and that that would change everything in that we could control time and space and we could travel with no issue to these different galaxies and check out what's going on there. Do you ever think that God could be us and that we are in a simulation that we could be avatars with free will to a certain extent? Sam Harris has some interesting points on that. Look him up. Um, Do you think that, because here's what I'm saying. What if we were here before? What if we learned how to manipulate gravity? What if as a result, we were able to basically do everything and go everywhere and meet everything and be enlightened and maybe get the key to immortality and maybe it's a pill, maybe it's something else in a different dimension or realm. And what if this is an experiment? Hmm. What if this is Truman show? And what if, what if we're walking off into the sunset and hit a wall? And I don't really mean that. that. I'm not a flat earther or anything (laughs) like, and I know I'm coming across crazy right now, but you know, but I also also think it's important to think of those things in order to disprove them, like if that makes sense, like, or at least to make your own personal beliefs uh, hold more ground. Um, yeah, no, I, I've never really given that any thought. I think it's totally unlikely and ludicrous that two atoms were just traveling in the midst of nothing and they happened to collide and that all of this was created as a result. Yeah. That the whole. I understand that certain people think that it's antiquated to think from any type of creationist perspective, but even what I'm proposing where this is an, a, a simulation environment, that is creation. Yeah. We created like, what if somebody else created this for us? Yeah. I mean, for me, obviously I always look within the context of the Bible. And so I look for historical proof in there as well. So like, if you've ever gone to a Christian school, especially Seventh-day Adventist school, you've definitely gone through like the books of Daniel and Revelation, right? Because that talks about the end times uh, of when God's coming back and all these signs to look for and different things like that. And you have uh, like the statue in, ne- in Nebuchadnezzar's dream where he talks about, you know, the head of gold, the breast of silver, the thighs of brass, legs of iron. And each of these things are divided and they're supposed to represent nations and how long that they will last, right? So you have like Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And um, the Bible actually predicts that these different things will happen, that all these empires will fall, uh, lastly being Rome. And so whenever I look at different things like that and how all of those things have uh, lined up, like all the prophecies, or I'm not going to say all, many of the prophecies um, that you find in the Bible, like they hold up whenever you also look at what's happened throughout history. And so that's why I think that holds a little bit more ground, like us being in a simulation. Well, it's like, okay, well, let's start looking for proof of that, I suppose. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm not saying you specifically, but like, you know, I, like I would like to see some type of evidence or proof and, I know some people would say the same about God, but like whenever I look through the historical texts that tell me God is real, it also has a lot of things, you know, that they couldn't have predicted 
um, before it happening if there wasn't like divine guidance. Yeah. <sighs> In my opinion. Yeah, I think that the uh, the God that we were brought up to worship is definitely a great one, right? Yeah. I think it's it's frustrated me that I'm told to develop a personal relationship and a faith in this person, but I'm not sure that I know his first name right. You know, yeah. like uh, I don't know. It, you, it's so weird that you're talking about Babylon and Persia, and like I've heard so many evangel ev evangelistic series where you know, people blueprint this right to politics. And this is a big yeah. reason why, you know, the, the Trump and the evangelical movement and a lot of this is tied to end times, 100%. And if you think I'm crazy, like, go talk to your grandparents, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, I'm serious. And I think that this is pretty impactful at 8.05 p.m. Central Time, episode 12. The House of Representatives did vote to impeach President Trump. Wow. It officially happened. He spoke at a rally in a historic split screen to impeachment vote. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to get you the download uh, next time we meet up. But yeah. it is interesting that I mean, did you what what did you hear about what the mark of the beast was and like? Do you remember? Well, who, we were speculation like, about the Antichrist yeah, like and the, all the Catholic Church. Yeah, like so. The there's Pope. like the little horn, um, in the Book of Revelation that represents the the Pope and the Catholic Church, and the mark of the beast, you know, relates to um, the Catholic Church, you know, changing the Sabbath to Sunday and making everybody worship on Sunday. Like that's what we've been prepped for. Is like in the end times, um, they're going to change like the day in which we're allowed to worship, and they're going to force us to worship on Sunday. Like that's what we're taught. I love that. They're like, they're like, Hey, this has nothing to do with the child rapes. It's just to do with the day that you go to the house of yeah. worship. Like that is so ridiculous. Like, yeah. wow. The fact that that is what, yeah. Yeah. Do I, you believe all that still? No, I, I well, I feel uncomfortable. Does, do any Adventist? I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's still being taught. Yeah. There are so many amazing things to draw from the biblical account. Yeah. When it comes to Daniel and Revelation, things go off the walls. Well, because and I there's, don't understand. Well, because there's so much symbolism, and so, and I mean, you could also argue this, and in, in what I said about you know all the nations being divided and falling and everything, but like there's so much symbolism packed within those books that you could easily misinterpret, or like especially if if you're a person that believes you are in the end times, like you're going to be looking for it. So obviously, like our grandparents are going to be like okay well they're going to change the sunday law like we have to like people have been worried about that for years and the, you know nobody like that's not a thing like it hasn't happened yet um and so anybody arguing that you know they're in the end times like they're a lot more scared and you know trying to convince others that it's going to be happening happening anyway yeah i don't know i think that it's just, it seems silly in some ways for us to try to pitch each other on things that we should believe in. And we believe in them. We believe in, what is that? I don't know. Somebody's having fun out there. Oh, that sounded like a coyote or something ominous. Woo, I'm getting freaked out over here. Like, in times, little horns, the Catholics are out. Like, time is flickering. Yeah, we're all dying in a couple of years. Like, well, 
and that's the Star of David. Uh, I'm knocking on wood right now, but watch me just get killed by a Mack truck before episode 13 or season two, whichever comes first. Wait, uh, episode yeah, 13? Yeah. Oh, what man. What the heck? All right. The signs are everywhere, I'm telling you. <laughs> you got any shout outs? You want to wrap this thing? Yeah, let's wrap it. Um, shout out to... You do your shout outs first. Let me listen. Let me think. I mean... Shout out to Meta World Peace. <laughs> Dude, you know what will make you feel old? The brawl at the palace. Do you remember with Ben Wallace and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Artest and all that? Mm-hmm. That was 15 years ago. Whoa. <laughs> Can you believe that? That's wild. I will never forget watching that as a child and just being like, whoa. Yeah. Insane. Wow. So that's your shout out? Uh, <laughs> 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 wow. Um, yeah, I mean... Shout out! Shout just out shout out to all of you. You know, everybody celebrating Christmas. Hope you guys all have a wonderful holiday. And um, oh, wait. is this the sign off before Christmas? Yeah, man. Oh well, then shout out to Santa. Yeah. Definitely Mrs. Claus. Yeah. You know, this is her only time of the year where her husband's traveling for work. It's got to yeah. be a yeah. right around the holidays. It's not cool. Lonely times. Lonely times. Takes all the reindeer with him. Yeah. Yo, hear me out. I was having this conversation. Um, okay, you know the song Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? <laughs> yes, I've heard it. <laughs> um, well, it talks about, like, in the song, it talks about, like, well, have you heard of the most famous reindeer of them all? If you're going to hear about a reindeer, you're going to hear about the most famous one, right? Like, why is there a song about Rudolph? Wait, isn't he the most famous one of all? That's what I'm saying. So why do we, like, but in the song, it's teaching us who who Rudolph is. Wait, I don't, I'm not following your dude okay train of thought i'm I'm gonna look up the lyrics for you rudolph the red-nosed reindeer yet they're talking about rudolph he was the most important i understand but at the very beginning it starts off differently you want to dissect baby it's cold outside you know dasher and dancer and prancer and vixen comet and cupid and donner and blitzen but do you recall the most famous reindeer of them all of course we do he's the most famous one like, why are we not hearing more about Donner? What's that guy all about? Wait, your point is that Rudolph is overemphasized? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. there's a whole song asking us if we know who he is. If he's the most famous one, why would we not, is all I'm saying. Yeah. He's and like, that's my uh, lyrical breakdown of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You're welcome. Wow. Next time I'll try to have a rap instead. No shade, Rudolph, but, like, share the limelight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man. I want to know more about Donner as well. That's all. That's well, really what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know what they say about... Shout out to Donner. If you're not the lead reindeer, the view never changes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I want to do dog sledding sometime. Yeah? Uh, we should go to Iceland together. and. Dude, I would love to go to Iceland again. Okay. Sounds good. Let's go to Reykjavik. Yeah. Why'd you say that like an Australian? Because uh, I didn't, mate. <laughs> Anyway, it's, right, that's clearly time for us to go. Uh, Shout out to all the listeners. No, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy yeah. Kwanzaa. Be safe out there. Don't drive behind any uh, logging trucks or ones filled with poles. Yeah. Um, be safe. Yep. And uh, we love everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast for the first 12 episodes. This is basically... Well, let's talk about this. This is basically a wrap on 2019 because yeah. we're hoping to get y'all... An, an, one last episode yeah, we before might, the we new year? We might give you a little uh, Christmas, uh, belated Christmas present, but we'll see. 
But in case we miss it, um, go into the new year with all the intentionality that your life deserves and warrants and uh, don't compromise on, remember that it's your life and you're not living it for your grandparents or your parents or anybody. This is a single player game and you should love everybody and treat everybody with respect, but also do you. For sure. And if you trip up on day one, it's okay. You can, you can start again. It's no big deal. You don't have to wait until the new year. I think it's awesome that everybody you know, sets their goals. And as you should, like we should all continue uh, to attempt to grow every single day and be better than who we were the day before. And uh, so just don't get discouraged if you fall flat and you have to start over again, like you will be okay. Just keep at it. You will. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And if you do fall down on day one, just remember at best you have 39 summers left to live. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, guys.